Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, I'm here today with Chelsea, and we are looking at 2 Timothy. It's exclusively 2 Timothy. Yes, it is. Um, and... And it, Second Timothy ends four verse in four verses tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. We're <laughs> gonna very com- annoying. complain about the editors again. <laughs> we do love you, editors, but you make Shout some out to the editors questionable to decisions. <laughs> um, I love First and Second Timothy and Titus. I probably have already said this, but these are like to me handbooks for pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we do believe in a priesthood of all believers. And so you don't get to look at this and be like, well, I'm not a pastor. It's fine. Oh, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is like a little bit of a, like if you, if you ever really question how you should be living your life as an influential Christian, these books are pretty good, good, good books to go to. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I have a question. Yeah. Um, who are the vulnerable women that are always swayed by, um, new teachings and never able to understand the truth. Well, so Paul <laughs> pays a lot of attention to women. Paul has a lot of opinions about women. We've talked several times about his commitment to women, but how it's necessary to have a cultural understanding of what's going on and what's taking place. Yeah. This feels like a very specific situation. It seems to me, um, I believe Timothy was doing a lot of ministry in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. And so this would be, um, like the culture in Ephesus is very crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that some of these women who are very susceptible to various kinds of teachings are, they're just like, um, in many cases, like young women, I would guess, or, uh, the, another class of women he's talked about is like young widows, mm-hmm. um, who don't necessarily have like a, like a place or a lot of responsibility. And so they're very susceptible to running around and talking about lots of things and <laughs> going from house to house and looking through, looking through the fact that these are Paul's personal letters to his right. pastor proteges. Um, he has some, some opinions about these women that are just running around and causing dissension. Yeah. I, I want to draw attention to the, the, um, descriptive phrase after the word vulnerable woman, vulnerable women, um, who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Yeah. Like, and we know that the culture of Ephesus was crazy and there was mm-hmm. some really crazy, weird prostitute worship stuff. Um, and these women were burdened by sin. Like there's a, a crazy amount of sin <laughs> that these women were taking part in. And most likely any, um, you know, young adult age, what we would call today, young adult age, single woman would have been very susceptible to that prostitution culture. And so lots of the recent converts in Ephesus would be coming out of a very different, much darker world. Mm -hmm. And so some of that is definitely certainly lost on us. Um, But there's a significant amount of darkness here that Paul wants to push back against again, because his desire is to see them brought into the light. Right. So when he's using heart, what seems like harsh language or you know, what could be judgmental language. Um, the heart of what Paul's doing is bringing women up in a way of wisdom and understanding where they come to a relationship with Jesus. So he wants to see women grow into like influential, wise church leaders like he had in Priscilla. Yeah. Um, Lydia. Lydia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't look at this and say like, well, look, Paul hates women. Yeah. So- and, and I think it's also important, again, not to just like pick out verses and say, look, 
Paul thinks that all women are vulnerable and yeah. easily swayed. But look more importantly at the beginning. Watch out for these people who are betraying their friends. They're unloving. They're unforgiving. They're cruel. They hate what's good. They're reckless. They are. They love pleasure rather than God. They act religious, but they reject the power that can make them godly. These are the kind of people who like prey on these women who are burdened with sin. Yeah. Like it's really it's more about this paragraph before than the actual women. Exactly. <laughs> So again, I like these verses that people can pull out and just be like, oh, look what the Bible says about women. Again, when you look at the Bible as a whole, and I've said this, I mean, since Leviticus. <laughs> since Leviticus, guys. Since Leviticus, we've been saying this, that like God values women and he looks out for like the most vulnerable of our populations. We've seen that with Jesus um, and how he values women and children. We've seen that in the law and we see it in the New Testament too with Paul and his writings. Um, and it acts with the early church. So, I mean, it's just important to read all the verses. If you see a verse that you don't understand, go read the verse before it and after it. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's even, it's, it's, we're making a consistent case to be in the Bible on a regular basis. Right. It's very hard to understand the Bible. If you just flip it open and pick a couple pages out, Yeah. even if you're trying to read in context and you read the surrounding verses, a lot mm-hmm. of times you're actually going to miss the message of the, of the book. Yep. Absolutely. Um, what's it got to you? Uh, I love the hymn, which I'm stealing from you a little bit. You said that you love the hymn as well. Did. Um, but that that is actually what's going on here. Paul is alluding to a hymn that would have been sung in the churches uh, when he says, this is a trustworthy saying, if we die with him, we also live with him. If we endure hardship, we reign with him. If we deny him, he denies us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Um, there's There's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack here. This is what the church was reminding itself. That's I'm stealing your words, yeah. unfortunately, for you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Just a woman who's vulnerable and easily well, <laughs> Oh, no. I'm, I'm not touching that at all. Um, I like this because it, it's part of the language of the church. So Worship Center has language of the church. Our, our language is, is oftentimes we were made on purpose for a purpose. We say that. Uh, Pastor Matt says that at the end of a lot of services. Mm-hmm. Um we are not the first church to make sure that we say something similar all the time. This would be something that, that would have been in that category. Yeah. And how crazy, I mean, how it's very compelling to me and beautiful to me that these are the words that the early church was saying, the early church who was persecuted, who was growing and thriving despite persecution that was living under this terrible Roman regime, mm-hmm. like all these things, like this is what they repeated to themselves mm-hmm. and to each other to encourage each other. And that, it's true for us today. Like, mm-hmm. like these are the things that we can say to each other to encourage each other. If we endure hardship, we'll reign with him. If we die with him, we'll also live with him. It's just like, it feels very so Philippians to live as Christ, to die as gain. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if these sayings actually came from Paul. <laughs> I don't know. It, it could be, yeah. but I, I really like how just this short little thing and maybe we're over examining this. I don't know, but <laughs> it, it seems like it flips uh mid statement, what you think is coming mm. because it kind of starts to like fall it's kind of this real yeah. rising language and then it starts falling language. If we deny him, he'll deny us. Yeah. But then it's like, Hey, if you're unfaithful, he's actually still faithful. Mm-hmm. Which I love that. And that is, that is so true about God that when we let him down, he remains faithful to what he said because he actually can't go back on himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah. Um, also this is, uh, this is one of Paul's last letters that he ever writes. How about um, that? And it's, He's makes it very clear at the end of this that he's very close to death. He's so confident. And now I'm stealing your words, but he's so confident in what he's done and his ministry. And that is, I mean, I hope I, I hope I'm like that on my deathbed. Where I'm just like, yep, I, I did, did what God I did told me all. to. I did all everything I need to do. But like, he's, 
yeah, he's so confident. And to know that this is his last, his last words to Timothy written words. Um, and the things that he thinks are important to convey again, this is his, like, as Chris would say, this is his, um, what is it? Jedi Padawan. <laughs> oh, uh, so this is like his, this is his person, yeah. like a son yeah. in, in God. And so I think it's super important to pay attention to the things that Paul thinks are important to impart wisdom on this new church leader who's growing. So we will be digging into this eventually. Um, where do we talk is. Yeah. We'll be getting into this very soon. Um, a lot of people get sort of intrigued by talking about the end times in the last days. Mm-hmm. Um, what Paul believes about the last days is very interesting. Um, because if you look at second Timothy three, uh, Paul starts to talk about the last days. So you should know this Timothy that in the last days will be very difficult times. So this is what Paul believes about the last days. Uh, people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. Uh, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Um, have we ever seen a period like that? <laughs> I think from Paul's time until now, <laughs> it's been like that. So this so is are we living in the last days? Yeah, and that's what, that's what I'm getting at. I think that Paul would actually say that we are continually in the last days. Um, and it, we're probably better off if we're not like searching for the calendar date right. where this begins. Because if you look around your life... If you look around you, if you lived a hundred years ago and looked around you. Also, congratulations on living a hundred years made it. ago. <laughs> I'm glad you're using the last little bit of your life to listen to our podcast. <laughs> so sad. Um, you know, anyway, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting because it's a, it's a subtle shift in perspective and that Paul's saying that like godlessness reigns really in all times and in all places. Yeah. And um, we are constantly and consistently in the last days because we are in places where people are not respectful of God, where they just want to hear what they want to hear and they don't care that anything is sacred. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that we do in the last days is to represent the kingdom and, and bring Jesus into a dark place. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Guys, thanks so much for listening to God's whole story and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Second Timothy 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. 
Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as is in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved with foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and John Brace oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and John Brace. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to the sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you must keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. 
And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Damas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas, and also bring my books and especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me the strength so that I could preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.